And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin a Tuesday, Gary, how are you? Eh. I just love the headline, and for some reason it's the same headline across uh, a number of different uh, news articles. Mitt Romney stands down, will not seek presidential bid. Stands down. He's decided to stand down, has he? He's, as, he's as, standing down. As if there was this incredible anticipation for the announcement of Mitt Romney for president. All of the GOP had been asking every minute of every day, what's Mitt going to do? What's he going to do? What's he going to do? I don't know. Right now, he's standing up, but he may stand, stand down. down one time. I, what's he going to do? Where's this going to go? We're on Mitt Watch. Well, that's what they made it sound like. I was like, yeah. there was no buzz about it. I mean, there was, no. there was, for example, we did discussion if Manchin wanted to run for president and, and Romney was his vice president, just as a hypothetical. Yeah. But there was no, like, great anticipation well, Mitt Romney, now that he's not going to run for the Senate uh, in uh, in in Utah, uh, the buzz is, and the buzz is everywhere, that Romney is going to run for president. You didn't hear that anywhere. By the way, that's such a Mitt Romney move, too, to announce, what was it, a few weeks ago that he's not running again for Senate, and then just wait. You know, he had that weird AI smirk on his face, you know? <laughs> the AI smirk. Yeah, because he's a robot. <laughs> And it's a smirk that they programmed, like, back in 1982. So it's not even a good smirk. It's like from one of those 80s movies, you know, the older brother, that kind of smirk. Mm -hmm. And so he's just waiting, you know, for somebody to ask him. And then finally, he has to say it because nobody asked him, <laughs> are you going to run for president? He just decided to stand up and go, I'm standing down. From what? <laughs> Running for president. President of what? <laughs> Nobody asked you. Wow, Mr. Romney. 
I forgot you were there. <laughs> you may go now. It's just uh, There were a couple of headlines saying the same thing. Mitt Romney stands down. Mitt Romney is standing down <laughs> okay. and will not All launch right. a presidential bid. All right. Fine. You know, he's he's like, here's the thing. Just, he's like the Pong version of AI, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Atari. I bet that's worth $23. Give me a break. Standing down. You know, the story I liked, and this thing is, uh, has been way overblown, uh, but the, the, the story that made me laugh yesterday and, and uh, the day before, too, and we didn't bring it up on yesterday's show, was uh, the, a couple of stories out there that illegal immigrants are fleeing sanctuary cities for their native countries. American dream doesn't exist anymore. Now, first off, when I read the stories, they just talked about a couple of people who decided not to stay. Right. It wasn't like they did these stats that said 10,000 people are moving out yeah. of New York each and every day. Right. They didn't say that. I did see one saying, well, it's getting cold and some some of the, the migrants and or illegal immigrants aren't used to the cold. And, and so, you know, they're complaining. But, yeah, if you have a system set up where you're just basically in a holding center for month after month after month, you're probably going to be complaining. Well, it, it, there's that. And also... They come and go. That's normal. Anybody yeah, in Border right. Patrol will tell you that, well, do we catch the same people crossing into the U.S. multiple times? Because they come back, they go back and forth. They go home for a while. That's just the way right. things work. If there's no work here, if the weather changes, whatever's going on, if it's not working for them, they go back home, they come back later. By the way, this also answers the question as to, why the Biden administration is building a wall in Texas. He's trying to keep them in. <laughs> well, the one thing that got me is he found out that, they were trying to leave. But but the thought that hit me immediately uh-huh. was the was the of course it's a bizarro world thought. Yeah. Which was like, wow, Biden has solved the illimig- the illegal immigration problem in the United States. Yeah. The illegal immigrants have realized that the United States is becoming a third world country and they're better off where they are. Yeah. That Biden is destroying the energy security, the economic security and the national security of the United States. We thought it was going to be the United States. It's no longer the United States. It's becoming a third world country. Let's get the hell out of here and back to our own countries. He has made this country a, oh, remember what Trump said about other countries? Yeah, I mean. Exactly. It, it's now you've got people from Venezuela coming here going, man, this place is a soup hole. Right. Thank you, Democrats. And for a moment, they, a, it, a moment they said, yeah, but that city on the West Coast there, the northern part of California, looks pretty cleaned up. Maybe we'll go. Oh, wait a minute. Hold it. No, Gavin Newsom and the Democrats all along saying to hell with the citizens of California. We're going to clean this garbage dump up for President Xi from China. Yeah. The lead head honcho commie is coming into town. We'll clean it up for the head commie to hell with the citizens. I'm sorry. Did you mean Newsom or Xi? Well, that was the best one. The head I, commie? Yeah, because I, okay. I, did, I did see that. That uh, Are you relating to the Babylon Bee headline? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't see it. Babylon Bee headline said... 
Newsom cleaning up uh, 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 San Francisco because his boss is visiting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah, <laughs> and and I it got me for a second. I'm like, what? But, well, you know, Newsom is just wishing he had a son on drugs. You know, that's the only problem is that he was trying to get some of that money. Hey, hey, I heard you guys are writing checks. <laughs> we could use a few of those. You ready for ready for the Babylon Bee huh? on, on this whole thing? Yeah. Newsom hatches plan to burn down all freeways so no more people can leave California. <laughs> Uh, Newsom assures homeless they can resume pooping on sidewalks <laughs> once his boss leaves. That's the headline. Yeah. Or in line at Disney World. Newsom, exactly. Newsom deploys giant can of Febreze over San Francisco <laughs> to mask poo smell. <laughs> they Febrezed the streets. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. That's hilarious. I mean, those those are the stories. I mean, we got the normal political stories, but those those are the ones that that uh, that got uh, that really got to me. It's like, and I was because I was really wondering. I'm saying, is the media going to promote the fact that the illegal immigrants are moving back because America is a blank uh, is a uh, blank hole, mm-hmm. and and so they're moving back because America sucks that much. And so are they going to claim, see, Biden is solving the illegal immigration problem by by destroying the United States and making us a garbage dump mm-hmm. where the illegal immigrants say, we don't want to stay here. Is that where they're is that what they're trying to is that where they're trying to, to head there with the narrative? Well, you know, I mean, if I came here from another part of the world, you know, and it's like <laughs> you claim asylum, right? Oh man, things are bad, and then all of a sudden you got to go home and claim asylum to get back in. I was in America. <laughs> Please let me in. Oh no, no, you get you get total asylum. You're already a citizen, but we're going to give you double asylum so you can come back home. This is how bad it's gotten. Double, um, double secret asylum. Double secret asylum. Okay. And you know, there's the but it. You know, it is routine. For those from other countries that come here, they don't. If you don't care about making your court date or anything else, you come here for the work, and the work stops. So there's no, you know, whatever's going on, uh, you know, and then you go home for a while. But it wouldn't surprise me if a number of them came here and looked at it and said, "All right, a couple of things: uh, the economy, uh, construction, the cost of construction. Think about uh, what's going on, like with homes right now." And interest rates and existing home sales are dropping. Uh, and I don't I haven't seen the latest report on new builds, but in terms of getting loans for homes, I mean, it really is people in our age group. Like if you've got full equity in your home, the only that's the only way you can really move is sell your property. Take all of that equity in the property you're in now and pay cash for the home. Mm-hmm. You really are not going to, you know, most older people, if you're, you know, getting close to retirement or, or at retirement age, you're not going to take out a mortgage anyway. But you're certainly not going to borrow any money at 8%. So what does that leave? Well, that leaves people, you know, at anywhere between 35 and 45 years of age, and they've pumped the brakes. Well, if that's happened, then a lot of the work has dried up. So work that they can do, that they're qualified to do, that they can go out and do, 
uh, whether it's construction or anything else, because you think about this, the way that the Biden administration manipulated our immigration laws and just gave blanket asylum basically to anybody who just said the word asylum, apparently, and allowed them to be here legally. That's why we have to remind our audience, you and I use the word migrants, because most of them, if you look at the ones, you know, being uh, whether it's the federal government taking them to New York City or Chicago or other states, it's mostly the federal government, by the way, in those cities taking them there. They're here legally, technically. Now, they shouldn't be because we shouldn't be bending the rules and distorting the, the immigration laws in this nation. But they are. And if that's the case, then they can work. And if there's no work, what are you going to do? Well, you got to go home. And there's no telling what's going to happen in, you know, in states like New York and Illinois. Because out in San Francisco, out in, in California, the, 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 the governor is cleaning up for the communists. Well, they're doing the same. Mayor Brandon Johnson in Chicago is doing the same thing for the DNC. Those communists are going to be there next summer. So he's going to have to clean up the immigration thing on the streets of Chicago between now and summer of next year. Because if he doesn't, there's going to be so much attention to that. Remember, was it uh, Biden's visit to El Paso? Remember, they were trying to clean everything yeah, up near yeah. El Paso? Right, yep. And it was, and, and if you know anything about El Paso, man, that has just been one of those borders that is just on the brink, the border crossings that's been on the brink for a long, long time. But I suspect they'll do the same for the DNC uh, next year. And that's going to be the case, you know, going forward. Now, when the weather gets warmer, you know, as we said, summer, uh, spring and summer of next year, there's going to be one last push at the border because people are going to know if politically the tone is changing in the states, they need to get here. And that's what you'll see. You'll see a massive surge during the summer of 24. Well, and uh, too bad for next year that uh, Romney is standing down. You know, I guess we can just all. <laughs> We're doomed. Just wonder what it would, what it, what it could have been, you oh, know? Oh, man. Just, what it could have been. Just ridiculous. You know, he was standing around the room just smiling. Going, eh, they're going to ask me any moment now. They're going to ask me any moment now. We got a great show ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Cold temperatures and water can lead to only one outcome, and ice has no place in a truck's air system. That's why you must keep your air system moisture-free as the temperatures begin to drop. A simple step toward keeping your air system moisture-free is manually draining the air tanks. You should drain your air tanks more frequently if your vehicle has a high air demand. Moisture that is not removed by the dryer must be manually drained from the tanks. Pay attention to how much water and contaminants drain out. Too much water indicates the air dryer isn't working properly, and too much oil may indicate that the air compressor is worn. Make sure your air system is in top condition before plunging temperatures. Put it to the test. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. 
And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. In Charlie Radio, he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. There it is, a couple of headlines. Crime-ridden San Francisco cleaned up uh, the streets for uh, the uh, Biden-Xi visit. Newsom trash, another headline, for admitting San Francisco was cleaned up for China's summit. A slap in the face. Governor Gavin Newsom was criticized uh, after admitting that San Francisco... um, uh, you see here, uh, it's so small here, um, timed a massive cleanup effort ahead of the important U.S.-China summit this week. Mm-hmm. Remember and, the, uh, and you saw it all over the place. They won't clean up San Francisco for the citizens that live there, yeah. but they'll do it for a communist leader. Yeah. Uh, remember the old show, Streets of San Francisco, Michael Douglas, sure. Carl Malden? Sure. Great show. It's on every day at 5 o'clock on MeTV. Is it? Yes. Wow. Um, <laughs> and right, oh Boy, I'm, I'm full of useless information, I'm telling you. Right before the early bird. Um, or that would be after the early bird, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. That's 4.30. Yeah. Um, and I thought the other day, I thought, man, if they made a TV show these days, The Streets of San Francisco, um, it would be a real soup show. Literally. It's, um, it's, by the way, why would they pick San Francisco? I don't know, but they'll meet Wednesday during the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit. And Newsom actually said this quote, I know folks are saying, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming to town. That's true. <laughs> That's true because it's true. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. 
I know folks are saying they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming to town. That's true because it's true. He added it's been true for months and months and months before APEC, and we've been having different conversations, and we've raised the bar of expectation between the city, county, the state, and federal partners. So they admitted they won't clean up San Francisco for the citizens Citizens, of California and San Francisco, but bring in the communist Chinese leader, we'll clean it up temporarily. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh, China comes in and buys a bunch of commercial real estate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, but it's unbelievable. And and the they don't care. No. I mean, every single no. day, and I, I think I was it Monday? Was it yesterday I said this? What really gets me is every single day the Democrats make statements that are so bluntly clear that we're trying to do everything to hurt you as a citizen of the United States. Mm-hmm. And they try to up it every day. It's almost like it's a dare. How much can we screw over the American people? How much can we actually screw over Democrats that vote for us and have them continue to vote for us? It's, and then, yeah. and, and then when you see things like, oh, their black leader or black supports slipping a little bit, how can that be? Well, it's and it's the opposite of virtue signaling. It's a contest to show how much they don't care about the American people. I know it's just mind-boggling. It's like, okay, we've reached the end of virtue signaling. Let's go the other direction. Wait, <laughs> Let's admit we're making your life crap. Yeah. Hey, everybody's complaining that we're cleaning up San Francisco for the communists and complaining that we won't do it for the citizens. That's true because it's It's true. true. (laughs) Wow. Well, I know. It's just that's a wow. Yeah, that, that is that's, like wow. Yeah, that's... and by the way, spitting in the face mm-hmm. of the California citizens who vote to be spit upon. Yeah. Now she's going to get there and say, "All right, Newsom, Biden, which one is president again?" <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning and uh, and welcome. Just to show you that uh, things don't change, as we told you things wouldn't change, House Republican leaders are moving uh, to pass a two-step stopgap government funding bill under a fast-track process that will require support from Democrats an attempt to work around GOP opposition that threatened to tank the bill on a procedural vote. It's one of the first major decisions of Speaker Mike Johnson's tenure and the same move that helped trigger a motion to oust former Speaker Kevin McCarthy. It is also sure to enrage the Republican conference's right flank. Hmm. A scheduling notice from House Majority Leader Steve Scalise sent late Monday night announced that the continuing resolution would be brought up uh, under suspension of the rules on Tuesday, a procedure that requires support from two-thirds of the House to in order to pass and avoid a government shutdown on uh, after Friday. Such a move avoids a procedural rule vote 
teen up the bill, which typically passes out uh, as a party line vote and serves up a test of party unity, regardless of whether members of the minority party vote for the underlying resolution. But some Republicans have threatened to vote against the rule out uh, the rule out of frustration that the bill does not include spending cuts or key conservative policy reforms that which which would have prevented a vote on final passage from the legislation. Just so you know, um, Gates is not one of those who oppose this. Right. Matt Gates yeah. did not oppose. Right. He did not vote. He did, he did not did vote. Did we hear anything from him yesterday? No. I, I, I did. didn't Maybe see anything. I didn't see anything whatsoever. And that's why we said back then, and we were criticized for it, and the only reason I'm saying we were right is not from ego, but just to set the slate clear as to what actually was happening. Yeah. And and knowing, you know, what what Republicans are facing due to the fact that they only have the House and only by a very, very slim margin. And as we said, letting McCarthy, and I like Mike Johnson, that's not the point, but the point is you wasted almost a month doing nothing and accomplishing nothing. Yeah. Nothing has changed. As yeah. we said, the makeup of the House didn't change. Nothing is going to change. Yeah. And just want to make this clear, we were we were criticized severely on this uh and actually we're told you guys don't know what the fight is about remember that yeah, one, right right yeah yeah all right yeah yeah we've only and, been doing this a couple days yeah exactly and and again uh, we well the implication is we're not conservative enough mm-hmm. which of course no we were yeah and that we hadn't been around long enough to know right what the what you the, know what the what, what the, the fight about. actually is yes yeah okay we do know what the fight is we do know what the fight is about but in order to win the fight you need the votes mm-hmm. and you don't have the votes and you don't have the senate and you don't have the executive branch and that's the reality of it but we live in a time where many republicans do not wish to live in reality. They wish to live in a delusional world. Yep. Not all, but many Republicans wish to live in this fantasy delusional uh, world where it's just, no, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him, destroy, eliminate. Mm-hmm. Without sitting back and thinking, okay, what's the situation that we're in right now and what can we actually accomplish with the votes that we have? We don't care. If we don't have the votes, votes just destroy it all. Yeah. And we end up exactly where we were, what, five weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Exactly where we were. With the possibility of even having to compromise more than you did five weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it's a very simple landscape. You just have to look at the makeup of the House. You have to look at at uh you know basically what the constituents are telling their elected representatives and 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 what they want from them on the other side of the aisle democrat leaders have not yet said whether they will support the bill but they've given signals that they would mm-hmm. house minor leader hakeem jeffries on monday however said democrats had zero intention to vote for the rules uh, rule leaving republican leaders the option of either trying to convince the gop holdouts to support the rule or aim for wide cooperation with the Democrats, and that's looks like what they're headed to right now. Yeah. Yep. Good job, everybody. Uh, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer 
uh, and the Senate on Monday said he was pleased. Johnson was advancing a stop gap without spending cuts. Mm-hmm. We laid out what the problem was. Yeah. Five weeks ago. Yeah. Or four weeks ago, whenever it was, because mm-hmm. he's been speaker for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, again, I have, you know, I've, there is no joy in saying, look, we were right. It's just, we got such blowback from this, that we were wrong and we were not wrong. No, we were right on it. And, and so, um, uh, and it, it's a matter of numbers is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it. I don't like it, but I know the goal has to be to win in 2024. Yeah. The problem didn't start with Kevin McCarthy. It started before Kevin McCarthy. It started mm-hmm. last November. The GOP didn't get enough numbers. That's the way the math works. When you've got a slim majority, there's only so much you're going to be able to get done. It doesn't matter who the speaker is. Nothing's going to change until you change the ratio. And you don't have the Senate. Which, you know, that's going back to what uh, McCarthy said. Look, we'll do our job in the House. We can't, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in, uh, you know, in in, uh, in reconciliation, what, what they try and get done. I don't expect that this is going anywhere. It's not going to be any different than it was last time. Well, we said the, 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 the problem is Republicans don't want to be blamed for shutting down the government going into, you know, this year of, of camp, <clears throat> excuse me, of campaigning and, uh, Number two, they realize through their polling that the American public does not want cuts. Mm -hmm. The American public says they want cuts until you give them cuts. Yeah. And then they don't want the cuts. Right. And that's what the Republicans are dealing with. And they're dealing with a Republican Party that is not as passionate or not as committed to cuts in the budget that would be affecting them. Right. There are more Republicans now that are not fiscal conservative. There are, excuse me, fewer Republicans that are fiscal conservatives now than there were 10 years ago. And that's right. a huge problem. But when, and I mean the voters, I don't mean the, the house. I mean, the voters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a rank and file. And you know, it'll, it'll be the media playing the same game they played last time, basically saying, well, why don't you, what isn't the GOP asking in this case, speaker Johnson, why don't you just do what the Democrats want? That's basically what they were asking Kevin McCarthy. Well, you guys aren't. Well, no, we did our job. And now the Senate has to do their job. Well, why don't you just do what the Democrats want? I mean, that's basically the liberal media and their take on it. You know, try and lay all the blame on it. So the GOP in the House doesn't really have a choice here. But they it doesn't change from the exact same thing that they did last time. You're going to pass something, you're going to throw it over to the Senate and see where it goes. Remember. Which is probably remember, nowhere. Matt, Matt Gates and the, the other eight, the, they they uh, didn't want the continuing resolution that came from the House Freedom Caucus, mm-hmm. the conservatives, right. Right. that actually cut. Right. And now uh, you've got Matt Gates that has not shown. Now, yesterday I didn't see it anywhere where he where he was out there. You know, maybe he was. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. 
But as of right now, and it hasn't been publicized. And mm-hmm. if Gates was saying something, normally it would be publicized. Well, if he was loud about it, we'd know about it right. because it would make news because the liberal media would be all over the infighting in the GOP in the House. Right. And and so he has not shown opposition to a continuing resolution that apparently doesn't cut at all where the last one where he objected to actually cut. Mm-hmm. My, how times haven't changed. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it's, so. it's you're, and and this was this is the way it's it was always going to be after the election of twenty twenty two, and that's there's no way to change that until twenty twenty four, which is the job at hand, which is what we have been saying since election night of last year. Yeah, everything's about twenty four. Focus on it so you can get greater ratio in the House and that hopefully you can get the Senate back and the White House back. And as we said, it would be two years of educating the American public about what causes inflation. And all we've got is chaos in the Republican Party where it shows as if they can't even get their own house together on it instead of what we believe they should have been doing uh, for the last year, which is pounding the fact that, look, you know, we know people don't want cuts, but they have to come. Here's mm-hmm. a situation that we're facing and day in and day out promoting it, which they have not done. Nope. Well, you're not going to be able to get the American public to cut unless they are convinced that in their own self-interest immediately they're going to be harmed. And you have that in the form of inflation that they're feeling right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And that's just the reality. Those are the cards that you're dealt and to pretend those aren't the cards you've been dealt, to pretend that you can do otherwise when you don't have the votes, I don't know what to say. Except you see the crap show we've dealt with over the last five weeks mm-hmm. that has gotten the Republican Party nowhere. In fact, we've taken really a half a step back from where, you know, if you think about what the Freedom Caucus had offered yeah, up. Right. I mean, that it wasn't going to pass. No. It wasn't going to pass. But, but still, we're just, we're just got- talking about... We're just about but they what got Republicans theirs, were supporting. Yeah, they got their, at least they got their work done. Well, yeah. until, no, we need to set it on fire and reset everything so everything can be vastly different. Well, how'd that work out for you? It didn't. Nope. And that's a reality of where you're at because the Republicans, because they've done the polling. Republicans know if they're blamed for shutting down the government, they lose big time. Yep. And the Democrats they know lose. that the liberal right. media can just, you know, they can just point to the liberal media saying, well, it's the mean old GOP over in the House. They won't do what we want to do, just like they did last time. And the media was basically a- asking Kevin McCarthy, well, why don't you just go along with what the Democrats want? That's basically the questions that they had for them. Well, why, why don't you? Well, no, we did our job in the House. We got ours passed. Well, why don't you just do what the Senate wants, which is the Democrats? Mm-hmm. Why can't you just see that that's what you that you should be doing? Well, that? they didn't. Get, they didn't get that one bill passed. That's that's what I mean. Okay, is is that they were saying this is our you know this is our house. We we have the House, they have the Senate, and the media was treating it like, well, you should be doing what the Democrats want. 
866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, the airlines predict a record Thanksgiving U.S. Uh, uh, holiday travel. Uh, we'll get to uh, that coming up here in uh, just a little bit. More stories that Democrats want to throw the term Bidenomics out. Mm. <laughs> they keep, yeah, I bet they keep promoting. They keep promoting that over and over again. You know who doesn't There's, want to throw Bidenomics out? Biden. Biden. No, he doesn't. No. And who's next? Who's uh, who's uh, who's out? I did see a couple of stories. I think it was Charles Cook from National Review that mirrored what you said. You know that that uh, Christie and Ramaswamy aren't going to leave because they're not running for president. And and Ramaswamy has his own gas money, you know. Yeah. Um, and quite unfortunately, um, you know, Tim Scott was uh, running on fumes. Uh, there was there was no money in the coffers, um, and with with Chris Christie it was never about it's never about winning it's about being a thorn in the side you know uh of uh, Donald Trump and he can be on CNN every uh Sunday morning if he wants to be you know he can he can have all the publicity he doesn't care about winning or or the actual campaigning he only cares about getting a message out there and so he's going to stick around uh Nikki Haley uh, her uh, revenue is up. Uh, she's had a bump here lately. Uh, DeSantis has money in the coffers. And Trump is spending a lot of money on uh, on his defense for his cases, but has a ton of money in his coffers. And so, you know, that's basically the makeup. And John Kasich is eating a sandwich right now, telling somebody John that his dad used to be a postman uh, <laughs> hey Kasich. has he is he gonna stand down are we waiting with bated breath to find out if Kasich is in in 24 <laughs> <laughs> top of the hour news is brought to you by house products visit houseproducts.com This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. 
This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How's everybody doing? Thank you. Thank you. Just a reading here from the New York Post. New York residents could face skyrocketing heating bills under the state's new green policies, which may not even have a significant impact on greenhouse gas emissions. A new study warns. A review by the Empire Center for Public Policy says the state's new rules will push homeowners to buy expensive electrified heat pumps while being forced to phase out their natural gas, oil, and propane systems. But even then, the new electrification policy could only have a negligible impact on greenhouse emissions while burning up homeowners' wallets, according to the analysis. Uh, The analysis is called, in cold reality, the cost and challenge of compulsory home electrification in New York. New York's plan to steer homeowners and landlords towards electric heat could backfire due to high cost and practical concerns, the author says. The cost of the heat pump installation and building shell weatherization are high and will place a substantial economic burden on many homeowners, even with state and federal subsidies. The cost of installing a heat pump and weatherization, weatherizing a home is 14 thousand to forty six thousand says the study prepared by empire state fellow james hanley even with the extensive state and federal subsidies the upfront price tag of heat pumps and weatherization will likely push many homeowners to instead buy low cost but energy hungry electric furnaces the report says the electric furnaces put considerably greater stress on the state's grid defeating the purpose of using cleaner non fossil burning energy the uh, report claims mm-hmm. so yeah hmm. well look uh, it, it's it goes back to barack obama and uh telling the san francisco chronicle under my plan of cap and trade electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket but you don't have to get to the you know the the federal level this is what uh, they figured out very quickly, let's make some local and state rules along the way. Of course, California has been doing this forever. It, it was nothing new, really, but they realized, look, we can go after. It, it used to be that we could just politically get away with going after industry. But now they can go, they, they realize they can still win elections and go after people, uh, the the everyday person, uh, mom and pop America every single day. Gavin Gavin Newsom, the most one of the most recent examples. Oh, everybody's uh, complaining that we're cleaning up the city because we've got people from China coming in to meet the president. Yeah, that's true, and it's true because it's true, which is one of the most arrogant things you can say. We're not going to clean it up for you people. We're going to clean it up for some communists that will only be here for a short time. Uh, The Xi party, not the Biden party, the different communists. And those are the things that, you know, every day they realize we can still win elections. Now, we're not winning in San Francisco because people are leaving. They're voting with their feet. But still, that, you know, keep in mind. If there's only three people left in San Francisco and two of them vote Democrat, we win. 
You know, this is just insanity. Politically, back in the day, you couldn't get away with it. But they've been, they didn't boil that frog slowly. And they didn't use a gas stove to boil that frog. It's electric. And they know they can get away with these types of rules and put the pain on you. You know, I happened to see on YouTube uh, yesterday, and I started watching a lot of it. I was busy, though. I couldn't. I mean, there's there's just so many uh, YouTube clips on it. And it was the uh, uh, the ARC conference uh, that stands for, it was, and it was uh, Alliance for Responsible Citizenship. Mm. And it was held in Great Britain. It's a Jordan Peterson thing. Yeah, right. And And they brought on. You know, they the one gentleman was on. I'll, I'll find his name. I just I didn't think we were going to talk about it now, but um, and maybe uh, find a clip uh, of his where he was. Uh, he this guy's an energy expert, mm-hmm. and he was saying the biggest thing is there is no such thing as net zero. Right. He started talking about the number of batteries in cars yeah. and everything else, and he just said, he said, he said we need to, and he was trying to be very calm, and he was like, uh, we need to, we need to temper the rhetoric on both sides. Well, there really isn't rhetoric, right? Right on right. on the one side. No, you know, no, the, no, the no. One, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah, that's a great point. Right, there, there's a bunch of rhetoric on both sides. There's, right, and and unless and uh, and well, I don't know. I don't I don't want to assume what he was saying because he didn't get into specifics of it. Because mm-hmm. that'd be like, okay, what's the rhetoric on the one side? That I know the rhetoric on the other side that we can you know we can go to zero carbon or net zero or whatever. It, that there is no. As he pointed out, there is no clean energy. That's the big lie that's being told, that there's clean energy. Mm-hmm. There is no clean energy. Right. And he talked about the fact of the real, the realization. And uh, the audience took it very, very, you know, very uh, well. I'm, I'm assuming most of them were, you know, conservatives. Mm. But he went through the whole thing. He went through the amount of coal that India and China are going to be using. Yeah. The United yeah. States doing yeah. stuff right. has no effect, you know, no effect, you know, whatsoever and he talked about the fact of a billion people don't have electricity at all, none. Mm. And it's like five billion only have about sixty percent of the power that they need, right? The energy that they need, right? And that means three billion because we just passed eight billion. It means the majority of the world does not have, you know, what we have. Mm-hmm. And he said it's just it's amazing the way when you when you look at these countries that are really, really hurting what they need and the way that, you know, the the uh, the, the modern first world countries are dictating to them things that are impossible. Yeah. That they right. can't, they just, they can't do. They can't afford anything. Right. And right. it's like, there seems to be nobody who cares about actually solving the problem of, of actually having energy. And he says, you know, the lies, but we've talked about this before, the lies about, you know, green energy. We hear it all the time. I mean, you can't get more blunt than Biden when he became president saying everything's going to be solar and wind. Right. For that, that America bought that shows you the number of idiots in America or the complete ignorance of America on anything electricity. That anything to do with science, we are completely and totally ignorant. Mm -hmm. And if there's ever been a time in the history of the world where ignorance is not only bliss but narcissistic and arrogant Mm. this is the time right now yeah ignorance just isn't bliss it's arrogant and narcissistic because you're taking that lack of knowledge and just taking a quote or a slogan 
and you're using that to defend your position, and you're completely and totally clueless yep. as to how the science actually runs on it. Right. And that's what we're dealing with. And and that's it. You know, it's – and, again, they used to boil that frog slowly, and now they realize, well, wait a minute. Nobody's paying attention. All we have to do is say clean, clean, clean. And and I've had a problem with that for a long time because there isn't – we don't get off this rock without it being scathed a little bit. And you know what? It's okay. We can use the Earth's resources to survive. The left goes crazy when you say that, but then they say, well, we should just leave it to the animals. For what? It's like those those old Discovery shows, you know? After man, after humans are gone. Earth after humans. I remember watching, I'm like, why do I care? Oh, I don't care. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be here. None of us are going to be here. I don't. We're not going to be here. I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's really. I don't care. If, if if we get to that point, that's a you know that's that's a that's a huge problem. But when you um, you know as and he pointed out and and as we pointed out, there is no clean energy. He said everything has to be taken from the earth. Exactly. Everything exactly. Solar panels just don't appear. Right. Well, these massive turbines, oh. you, you, you look at the wind farms, you know what it takes to get one blade delivered? You ever seen that oversized load? Oversized load on a massive big rig? That's just one of the turbine turbine blades. And you know what he was showing? Because we talk about things, you know, recycling and all this. They showed where they're, because think about this. How old are windmills to begin with? And they showed all the windmill, yeah. the turbine graveyards. Yeah. Yeah, that basically they're burying all these windmills that their lifespan is not that long. Right. You know, you put up, for example, you put up a you put up a modern nuclear plant that'll last. With modernization, a couple of hundred years. Yeah. You look at you look at some of the massive hydroelectric plants, those things. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, you you look at uh, they've, uh, you know, in a couple of what, uh, 15 years. Hoover Dam will be 100 years old. Right. Yeah. You know, you look yeah. at some of the major hydroelectric plants that have been put up, and they're almost all of them are 60, 70, 80 years old mm-hmm. that came up in the in the 50s and early 60s. And the hydroelectric plants, be, you know, before that, uh, you know, still, I mean, did they were modernized and everything else, but, you know, they were, they, or they were torn down and built new ones, but that's just because of the modernization, efficiency, and everything else. But you look at the ones that have been built in the last 60, 70 years, they're standing and are going to be standing for a heck of a long time. Mm-hmm. Windmills aren't that way. Solar panels aren't that way. You know, he brought up a great point. He showed a picture. He goes, this is a solar farm after a hailstorm. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Yeah. Completely completely yeah. and totally destroyed. He goes, there is no other, there is no other you know, uh, uh, consistent power source. And he talked about that a lot. Yeah, he talked right. about intermittent versus consistent mm-hmm. and how that's not talked about at all. It's, right. it's ignored. Right. And the, his point is we need to get out the total and complete truth about all of our energy sources. But we certainly cannot go the way that we've been going because there won't be enough energy. But- it will never be, you will never be able to, to uh, produce enough energy. 
from wind and solar. We just won't. That math does not exist. It's like saying, well, we're working toward a human being able to bench press 6,000 pounds. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right, exactly. It's, there are just some things that are scientifically impossible exactly. to happen. You cannot draw electricity when the sun is not out and, from a solar farm. Right. And you want it, it, and it if doesn't. the wind dies, it's impossible to get electricity from wind power. Right. Let if if wind and solar want to compete, great. Let wind and solar industry compete without the government coming in with mandates and money. We talked briefly yesterday about EVs and used EVs that at that five year range, they're they're sitting there. Nobody wants them. Why is that? Well, look at the market for the EV. Who is it? It's your young hipster that, you know, and and likely a tech geek uh, in many cases. They're going to get a five-year-old used EV? Ew. They're not driving that. And so then you look at the then the practicality of it. You're five years into that battery life, and the OEMs still haven't give, given you a solid number on the life expectancy of that battery and the cost of replacement. Yeah, the talk I'm talking about at the ARC conference, which is the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship, it was Dr. Scott Tinker, who I watched mm-hmm. yesterday, the mm-hmm. director of Bureau of Economic Geology, the state geologist of Texas, professor at the University of Texas at Austin, chairman of the Switch Energy Alliance and CEO of Tinker Energy uh, Associates, and he went through everything with energy. Mm-hmm. And it was it was only about a 20, 25-minute speech, but he covered a ton. Mm-hmm. And the photos, for example, showing the, you know, the, the, all the massive windmills being buried, yeah, you know, basically right. in landfills. Right. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, these massive wind farms, they're not, they're not, most of them aren't even 30 years old. No, no, but, and, and it's like, but, you but know, think about, think about the turbine. Think about just the, 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 just, you know, the simple engineering of a turbine and how it works. It doesn't really look like a bunch of moving parts, but it's a massive, the intent is massive moving parts with all that weight that are moving a lot. Most of the time is the design. They want them moving most of the time. That's when they're producing energy. When you've got massive moving parts moving that often, what do you think is going to happen? 86690-RED-EYE. Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max. Smart owner-operators make every single week as profitable as possible. One trip is not enough time to be considered profitable or unprofitable, and an entire month may be too much time to manage. One week is the right amount of time to deal with efficiently. To do so, look at the advantages and disadvantages of every day of the week. Match trip length to the optimum day of the week. Plan to deliver on the day you have the best opportunity of getting a load. Your personal weekly plan will vary depending on the weekly delivery flow cycle of your region, typical length of haul, personal requirements, and other factors. 
What's important is to have a specific weekly plan that helps you be successful. Brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He's our Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, this is uh, uh, just a, a clip from Scott Tinker uh, from the uh, ARC Conference, Alliance for Responsible Citizenship in Great Britain. I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. It's Jordan Peterson's conference that he puts together. Mm. ton of great speakers, including Scott uh, Tinker, uh, an honest and sensible conversation about global energy. Here's part of it. It's a paradox. I first said this uh, 10 years ago in, in Ecuador, I think. Energy won't end poverty. But we can't end poverty without energy. It's time to power the people. It's time to bring energy access for all. So when you think of this conundrum, energy access for all, and managing climate impacts, it's not an easy challenge. It's not a binary challenge. We used to cook with wood indoors 10,000 years ago. The sun is the first form of energy. It grew the hay that powered our vehicles. They pulled their own food. And then we started collecting the wind and the motion of water to do useful work and bigger dams, and we killed whales to light our homes, and this is old energy. And then along came coal, and that changed the world. It's very dense. Boil water, make steam, turn a turbine, run a generator, and make light. That changed the world. Oil comes along, we refine it and put it in our vehicles, and then natural gas, and finally nuclear. Right? And this is, this is the new energy. And why am I showing you all this? It's because of this concept of energy density. Michael talked about it yesterday. We've gotten a lot denser with energy, not a little bit, hundreds of times denser. It drives modern societies. Dense energy does. And we have words for this stuff, renewable, thermal, clean and dirty, a little judgmental. Industry has its own terms, intermittent and reliable, okay? (laughs) And how about weather dependent and firm? Let's call it electrons and molecules. The stuff on the left makes electricity. We can burn molecules to make electricity, but we do more with molecules. A lot of heat to make cement and steel. Molecules for plastics, molecules for fertilizers, ammonia for fertilizers. The world needs both. We're not. There you go, just a little bit of it. And he goes through it, and again, from the scientific point of view, which is completely lost on energy in the United States. And, and you know, call it our education system. Uh, Call it ignorance is bliss, that Americans have no idea what's going on. And so if somebody says something that sounds good, they buy into it. Or call it a party of science that doesn't believe in science. Yeah. Whether it's energy or a man can be a woman. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, 866-90-RED-EYE. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. 
if you can't listen live uh, overnight. Uh, the uh, the conference is fascinating. I'll start posting after the show today some of the videos from it, especially on energy, whether it's Mr. Tinker or Michael Schellenberger. Yeah. Right. Spoke uh, at it and talked about climate change. So did Bjorn Lumberg. And it's yeah. interesting because we've talked about, you know, Bjorn Lumberg and even Schellenberger to an extent that believes that climate change is is part of it is due. They don't know how much, but they believe part of it is due to uh, man. But they believe that everything the left is doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And and they break it down. And people have always asked me, they've said, well, what what effect does man have? And I have to say, I don't know, because I don't know. Like a lot of things, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, is the world being destroyed? No, we haven't seen that. Have any of the massive uh, predictions, the the massive, the world is going to be destroyed, uh, sea levels are going to rise, Washington, you're going to have to, uh, what, uh, go around in a... Uh, You'll have to take a gondola a to work. Go- gondola to work, mm-hmm. uh Miami is going to be underwater by 2000. Yeah. By the way, they said that also during the Trump years. They said Mar-a-Lago will be underwater. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All these disaster scenarios, none of them have come true since I've been paying attention, which is the early 70s. Not one has come true. And so you have to ask yourself, well, when you're making predictions to change society, and not one of the disastrous predictions comes true. When do you start questioning, number one, the science that's being used for these predictions? When do you start asking the question, should these people who are promoting this be viewed as credible when they keep promoting it over and over and over again? Remember the guy in the 70s that um, said we're going to be doomed and didn't 60 Minutes interview him again? Yeah. And like here in the last year, and no, he had nothing right, and nothing, he had nothing right. And he was then wrong they on everything. Interviewed him right. again and gave him credibility during the entire recent interview, right? Instead of making the interview, why the hell were you so wrong? It was, well, you didn't get anything right. Now let's talk about what you think, and gave him credibility all over again. And as they, as they point out, uh, Tinker and others uh, at this conference, there is no such thing as clean energy. That's a lie. Nobody gets out alive. Well, you know, well, that's one of the things that, you know, that's one of the things that they talked about. Uh, Constantine Kissing was on there and talked about it. He goes, look, none of us get out of this alive. None of it. So yeah. what is the best thing? We're all going to die. So now that we all know we're going to die, you know, are we, are we going to try to be more truthful as to what's going on? Or are we going to not only continue to promote BS, but as we have seen, and we've talked about this, the bigger problem, and it's a huge problem in the, is in the United States, people believing the lies because it fits their narrative, but even their narrative is a lie yeah. because their narrative is based on feelings and ignorance. Right. And over and over again, they push this, and the Democrats love it because they get greater and greater control over the production of energy, which is exactly where this is all headed. 
You've got to outlaw the traditional forms of energy so that you can get to the point of, well, there's no private sector industry anymore that can make a profit off of it. I guess we'll have to take it over. They've been wanting to nationalize energy for a very long time. And this is their path. Well, and nationalize it. Now they want to <laughs> maybe maybe nationalize it to China mm-hmm. because yeah. they, they also pointed right. that out. You know, they also pointed that out that how China will control the basically the success or the non-success of the United States with energy. Mm-hmm. That that's where all the materials are going to come from is China, and yep. we we can't do that. But we live. We live in an we live in an economically, science wise, we live in an ignorant nation. We really do. Mm-hmm. They are completely clueless as to how things run. You know, and you talked about it, you know, on energy, and you look at it, we've talked about it before that is coming from the Democrats or energy plan, which uh as when Biden came in, you know, solar and wind, then he the criticism was so high, you can't do that. That he added, okay, the nuclear, but nobody wants nuclear in their backyard. No. So we're not focusing on the nuclear part of it. We're only focusing on, uh, you know, driving solar and wind and getting rid of coal and natural gas with the belief that America would just automatically put in nuke plants. And that's not what's going on here at the moment. And we've stated before, the energy policy of the Democrats is economic suicide, is energy suicide, and it's national security suicide. And you sit and you wonder, why would you do that? You know, you talk about basic science on biology, how the Democrats, and it's mainstream now in the Democratic Party on a federal level, maybe not on a local level, but on a federal level, that a man can be a woman because the man says so. Yep. And and Democrats can't even define what a woman is. And we know, think about the insanity of that all, uh, you know, uh, of that, you know, energy, science on on sex, sexuality and gender. Mm-hmm. You know, no, all of it is is completely and totally illogical. There's no critical thinking skills to it whatsoever. And then you go from that to the identity politics that the Democrats hold, which is judging people by the group that they're in instead of individuals. You want to talk about going back to Neanderthal man across the board. That's what the Democratic Party is offering you today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And making the all forms of transportation enormously expensive. Well, I guess we'll all just have to live together in a commune. It goes back to my, my, uh, an old friend of mine, I don't know where he, he stands now, but he went to urban planning at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this goes back years ago. Yeah. And he used to work for me mm-hmm. in in radio, but got out of it and decided to go into urban planning. Mm-hmm. And he got his degree, I think it was from Berkeley. And we're sitting there and we he called me up one day because he's a... He, I don't know if he still is, but he was a huge Springsteen fan. Mm. Springsteen's coming to town. I got two tickets. You want to go with me? Mm. So he stayed with me. He seen it came. I hadn't seen him in a while, so he stayed with me. And I love telling the story because 
the whole weekend he's telling me, well, we got it all wrong. You know, people don't know how they want to live. So when anybody tells me that, people don't know how they want to live. Yeah, right. I start, I, I'm pretty yeah. suspicious because uh, I start looking at, number one, who do you look at when somebody says that to you? You mean, I don't know what I want? Forget about anybody else. But you, when you say that, you're talking to me. I don't know what I want in my life. Are you telling me I'm completely clueless? Well, you don't know what you want. No, because what people don't know, people think that they want a home and they want land and they want a car, but they really don't. That's not what's best for them. And the urban planners of today knows what's best for you, and that's living basically in what. So when you said communal property, that completely mm-hmm. went back to him telling me that. And well, it's the idea of uh, you know, like Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. You're too stupid to have freedom. <laughs> the line from the movie, you're too stupid to have a good time. You're too stupid. stupid to have freedom. And and so he was he was telling me that, no, we need to live in basically all apartments and much mm-hmm. smaller apartments that we live in now. Mm-hmm. So we have a much smaller carbon footprint. And then instead of having our own backyard, we have communal areas where everybody can commune together. Yeah. And everything mm-hmm. will be near, uh, again, public transportation mm-hmm. and everything will be near uh, you know, uh, we'll, everything will be near public transportation. You won't need a car and you'll have your bicycle to get around everywhere. <laughs> and that's how we should be formed. And he's telling me this. He's telling me, you don't really know what you want in life. Yeah. I'm dropping off at the airport and he's getting out of the car. I go, get out of the car, you communist. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that. It was, and you know, and we still, we, we have a, fr- I don't uh, communicate with him much, but when we do, it's a friendly relationship though. Now, And, and I think, I don't know if he holds all those same opinions that he held before because he's been getting into more um well he's living as, in as, cuba now that's that's one indication no he's, he talks a lot about <laughs> finance and capitalism so i think he may have changed <laughs> what he ran out of money <laughs> no this is a, the this, this is a kid i know who worked for me as a kid and he was a pat buchanan fan mm-hmm. and then went as far left as you can get so i have a feeling he might have come back more to the uh more to the moderate right maybe mm. <laughs> but yeah i mean that's what you're, de- you're 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 dealing with you're dealing with a bunch of idiots think about this because everything the remember everything we see right now in this country is biden's plan all of it is biden yeah do you because of the executive orders where we wish to go on energy mm-hmm. the border everything else would you want Joe Biden to run your company? <laughs> no. Well, apparently Americans have and believe he is capable of running the economy, yeah. not just one company, but the economy of the United States. They believe that Joe Biden can successfully run it. Mm-hmm. Even with the insanity of what he has promoted. But apparently most of his own party now believes Newsom can run it better. Well, look, Newsom, at least, Newsom was able to clean up San Francisco for a couple of days. When a commie comes into town, Newsom will get the job done. What's that? It's a pooper scooper. It looks like a backhoe. (laughs) It's, It's just absolute insanity and the best thing is when newsom was asked the question is it true that you're cleaning up san francisco just for the visit of president g from china yeah 
Yeah, it's true because it's true. It's true because it's because true. Because it's true. Then even he does. That's why every day now I'm with the Democrats. I'm like, are they trying to spike the ball? Because are, are they are they yeah. spiking the ball? Saying we're screwing up society. We're so proud of it, and the idiots will keep voting for us. And let's make it a dare. See how much you can screw up society as a politician and see if they'll continue to still vote for you. Well, it's again, it's virtue signaling in the opposite direction. It's a contest to see how much we hate you. I'm starting to think that he was the the mastermind behind his own recall election. That he did that just to prove, look. I can get reelected multiple times. Watch this. Watch, I'll do it again. Watch, I'll do it again. Yeah, we're only doing it for the communists. We're not doing it for you. You, bunch of ketchup eaters? Sidewalk poopers? No. We're not doing it for you. We're doing it for China. It's going to be my new band. Sidewalk poopers? Sidewalk poopers. Yeah, well. It's all the rage in California. <laughs> you can open up at Disney World. <laughs> It'd be in Wayne's Wayne's World Three. Yeah, yeah. Gary and the Sidewalk Poopers. Remember yeah. Wayne's World? Remember in the was it the beginning of Wayne's World when the when I'll put it this way the crappy Beatles were playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but they weren't the crappy Beatles. Yeah, he goes up to me, remember Meatloaf's the bouncer. Yeah. Hey, how were the how are the crappy Beatles? Yeah. They suck. <laughs> yeah. Let's start a band. You'll be big in California. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the top of uh, the hour, some new polling out. Half of Democrats want Biden gone if inquiries show influence peddling with China. Well, it's interesting because now you have uh, the uh, House Oversight Committee. Uh, and I really think this is sort of a uh, a, a they want to know what would happen with uh, Biden mm. and the classified documents, mm-hmm. but it's also to put pressure on the Department of Justice. You've heard nothing about the Biden investigation in the Department of Justice. With Trump, they had it like this, yeah, where they did the investigation and were ready to prosecute. You've heard nothing here about uh, Biden. So uh, the uh, uh, Comer and others, the Republicans, they're going to subpoena those that may have knowledge of that but where are we going to go now with this well with the depositions for the impeachment inquiry that more on the way this is red eye radio on Westwood.
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app and you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. Well, finally, this question was asked because we had talked about this last week. It is really amazing because you haven't really uh, uh, seen, to me, anything like this, uh, at least in modern uh, American politics, where you have American hostages that have been taken and it's really not top of mind every single day. Yeah, you, know, you remember, remember it, the hostages that were taken uh, in in Iran back in '79. That was huge news every single day. Well, and, and I don't get it. And I said before, if one of those hostages was a WNBA player, we'd hear about it every day, would we not? Here is uh, the question: Was the blunt question was asked yesterday to uh, to Jake Sullivan? Yeah. Do you have any proof of life on hostages, especially the Americans, in the negotiations that have been going on? Has there been anything that could reassure the negotiators, the president, and you that hostages remain alive and potentially could be rescued? So we have been very transparent about the fact that we have limited visibility into both the whereabouts of the hostages within Gaza and their condition. And, and I said as recently as yesterday that we have nine missing Americans, one missing green card holder. And I cannot look in the eye and tell you how many of those hostages are still alive. So we're negotiating and we don't know if they're alive. I, I don't. Again, I, it's uh, none of it makes sense. Nothing coming from this administration can be trusted at all. No, because we, af- after the Afghanistan lies, no. Yep. And, you know, they uh, regurgitated a statement, basically, when talking about that $6 billion of money for Iran, yeah. and they were saying, well, no, we worked a deal with Qatar to, no, nothing actually changed. You're restating something that's already happened. And Iran still has access to the money. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And it's just, you know, it's just maddening. It, it really is. It's totally disconcerting that we can't trust anything coming out of this administration. When it comes to anything uh, foreign relations. And tell me what right now. Tell me what's more important. And, and and to do with American lives. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For that reason, it's most important. And we don't get anything. And then this question came up uh, uh, yesterday to Biden State Department spokesperson uh, Matt Miller. Here we go. There yeah. are uh, speculations on social media that the U.S. is about to waive uh, some uh, issue a new waiver uh, on Iran that will uh, allow Iran to access $10 billion. Uh, why, when, how? Anything you can I think you certainly shouldn't expect me to comment on speculation on social media, and I will decline to do so. Go ahead. 
basically what's out there that uh, that uh, the uh, 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 that the Biden administration is considering unlocking another ten billion for Iran. And he goes, "Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna answer if it's on. So why not? If it's not true. Say no. Yeah, right. If it comes up, say no. They won't say no. No." Exactly. And and, and and I wonder and, they, and then they're using a lame excuse because it's the source. Oh no, that's on social media. Well, what about anything the president has posted on social media? But the fact is if it's out there and it's not true, you should clarify is if, it, if it's legit mis- or not. It, right. Is if it's misinformation, don't you wish to clarify it? Right. No. We're just not going to say anything about it. Because the next question is 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 the big negotiating deal for the hostages unlocking money for Iran because that's where the big money is mm-hmm. that goes to Hamas. Sorry, you got to ask the question when we have an administration that has been financing the terrorists that have American hostages and have killed Americans. Yeah. Yep. And... This is where the Republicans are weak because they should be blasting this every single day, and they're not. Why not? No, you know, I was I was reading. It was uh, one of the editorial writers for the Washington Times saying that can't figure out the Republicans. Why aren't they pounding every single day? Not Biden's age or just fact that he's incompetent, but the specific insane things that are being done. And point by point by point, why aren't they hitting them? And, I, and you just you sh- you shake your head, going, "I don't know. I I can't I can't answer that question for you." Well, and and if you're the brand new speaker of the house, why aren't you starting it every morning saying, um, "Just for those in the media, we just want to relate to you what is going on. We're sending a message to the White House every day. We'd like an update on the American hostages." I want to know what's going on with American lives. I have never seen an administration when hostages are taken where there seems to be no concern unless they're asked the question on it. Right. There isn't a daily update or an intensity that nothing better happen. And plus, of course, I'm getting worried that every time that Iran's proxies strike us, we do another targeted strike. And so it's it's not stopping them from doing anything. Right. And you and I remember when they were attacking during the Trump administration when Iran was attacking uh, and and going after uh, uh, ships. Yeah. Yeah. And we went, okay, when are they going to remember they attacked one of the American ships and we said, what's the response going to be? Well, the response was killing Soleimani. You killed a leader. Yep. Yep. That's what you did. And all of a sudden things quieted down. It's like, no, we're not going to, we're not going to target. I'm going to target your infrastructure. We're going to kill your leaders. That's what we're going to do. Yep. And we have the ability to reach out and kill your leaders. We're just we're going we're going back and forth. They hit well, us. We hit them. We hit them. That, but instead, the current administration is acting like the defense lawyers for Iran. Yes, they are over and over again. It sounds like they are the proxies for Iran. Along with Hamas. Well, you can't prove that. Well, we're not going to comment on that. We're not going to. If it's wrong information, why not? Well, we know In fact, that yeah. you should want to get ahead of that and say that's false information. And since already we know you, they lied about the six billion. Mm-hmm. 
But that didn't get any publicity, except for Andrew McCarthy, who pointed that out. Did you see that anywhere in the conservative no. media? No. We brought it up. Maybe a few conservative talk show hosts you know, brought it up. But Andrew McCarthy is one that said, there's nothing different. No. They made it sound like they've made a new deal with Iran where, and, and Qatar where that $6 billion didn't go anywhere. They didn't do anything. They didn't do any. They never renegotiated anything. It's still the exact same as it was before. Biden lied to the American people again. And it's about hostages. Yeah. Yep. And now it seems to be of no concern American hostages being taken. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Just another day at the White House. Let me go on vacation again this weekend. No concern. But I don't sense a concern in general with the American public on it. Do you? No. It's no, almost, there should be outrage. It's almost as if there's so much crap going on, so many things hitting people every day, <laughs> that it's just another thing yeah. piled on top of everything else. Yeah. I mean, it's it's something, and, and I laugh out of the frustration, because it's something we said before. During the Obama years, remember, we said, you know what? The play is tell a bunch of lies every day so that you just get the GOP saying liar, 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 liar. Well, that's just the GOP saying liar. And and now you just make it such a soup show that everything is broken and people just tune out. They're just gone. It's like, ah, I can't handle it anymore. And that's quite likely where we are. Yeah, I, I remember with with Iran. I remember with the Iran hostages back in the day. I oh. remember I was a kid. My dad was chief of police on Laughlin Air Force Base, massive NATO training facility, including at the time up until then. Iranian pilots. I was standing at the front gate at Laughlin the day that the busloads of Iranian pilots were sent home. Every American was paying attention to that story every day because it mattered, and it still does. And then I want to play this audio because the question is really on the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the pro- Hamas Democrats that exist out there. Mm -hmm. And Corrine Jean-Pierre is asked the question, not using pro-Hamas. That's what it is. But her response is very matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. Corrine, uh, some Democrats, particularly in and around the squad, have openly disagreed with the president for being too supportive of Israel. There's also been some grassroots groups that back the president and are now indicating that this could be a deal breaker for them. Is the president worried that this will continue to be a wedge issue within the party? And why can't he get his fellow Democrats on the same page on this issue? So look, you know, in our party, there's going to be various range of agreements and disagreements. And and that's the way it is, right? And in particular in the Democratic Party, the president's going to continue to be clear about this. So there you go. It's a Democratic yeah. Party. If you want yep. to be pro-beheading babies... That's fine. Mm -hmm. If you want to be pro-terrorism, that's fine. That's yeah, the way that is. We're yeah, the, if you want to be the if Democratic to, Party, no big deal. If you want to be a, a, a bigot, if yep. you want to, if you want to be calling uh, for the elimination 
of Israel and all the Jews, you know, it's just we're, we have our disagreements. There's no we there's, can we can agree to disagree. Right. My God, I know it's just unbelievable. It's just. Yeah. And and this this is the frustrating this is a frustrating uh, uh, part of it. And every time it goes up another notch, it's almost as if more Americans just tune out. Yeah. All right. We no, can't we can't handle this. But remember, and I, I think it's important to remember, all of this comes from and it's the ex, uh, it has exclusive ownership of the Democratic Party. Oh, yeah. All of it comes from identity politics. Yep. This is where. And this this is why you've seen uh, lately more of the the media coming out and you know calling Donald Trump an authoritarian mm-hmm. and a Nazi and everything else, mm-hmm. because now when you look at it, where are the Nazis these days? Where are the modern day Nazis? Who are they? They're on the left. They're on the left. They're all on the left, and it all is because identity politics, which is judging people by groups and not individuals, yep. has become mainstream in the Democratic Party. Yep. All all the far left did or whatever left you wish to call them, or whatever kind of Democrat you wish to call them, all they did was take identity politics and add Jews and murder. Yep. Yep. As justifiable. And that's where they are today. It is so incredibly offensive and repulsive where they stand. And Corrine Jean-Pierre, again, it was almost like, all right, I have to answer this question again. Well, mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. has their own beliefs. You know, it's fine. If you believe in beheading babies, that's okay. If you believe that terrorists should come in and target, uh, rape, murder, kill civilians, burn, yeah. burn them yeah. to death, yeah. behead babies, and, and, uh, and you're, you know, and that's your uh, opinion. And then you're upset at Israel for defending themselves. Mm. Well, that's just another opinion that we hold here. In the the wide berth of Democrats that we have here to make us a uh, wide opinion party, what the hell is she talking about? Yeah, eight six six ninety red eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, all right. So here's uh, more questions asked to Jake Sullivan uh, yesterday. This one about the whole uh, cleaning up San Francisco. Yeah. Not for the citizens of San Francisco, but for the communist leader of China, President Xi's visit. Here's uh, there's. Uh, two separate questions. We'll get to the first one here. Francisco has cleaned up their streets ahead of President Biden and President Xi's meeting. They've moved homeless to other parts of the city, cleared tent cities and trash off the street. Is the president embarrassed that an American city needs to go through a total makeover to be presentable for his out-of-town guests? The president is incredibly proud of the record that... Okay, he doesn't answer the question. He goes to talking about the record of America, uh, you know, and... (laughs) whatever but he doesn't answer the question which means and i love it here they have <laughs> the rnc got a hold of it is the president embarrassed that the american city needs that an american city needs to go through a total makeover to be presentable for his out-of-town guests and they have jake sullivan no 
because he didn't answer the question. Right. So it must be no, he's not. Right. And and uh, then uh, they asked more about uh, what's going on in San Francisco. Yeah. has been said of the clean up this. I know folks are saying, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming to town. That's true. Does President Biden agree it's more important to impress the leader of China than the American people that live in San Francisco and pay taxes every day? First, I completely reject the premise of your question. But secondly, I don't know what the context of what Governor Newsom said, so I, I won't respond to it. How can you reject the premise? Where's the premise wrong? Right. Where's the premise wrong? Just say it. I'm not going to address that question. Right. But where is the, but when he says the premise is, where is the premise wrong? (laughs) They won't, they won't clean up San Francisco for the businesses and for the people that live there and the business that operates there. But the communist, the communist president of China, President Xi, comes into town. And it's like they're holding the DNC there. Yeah. Or the Super Bowl. Right. We got to clean this up. The head head commie is coming in. (laughs) But he goes, I completely reject that premise. Why? Why would you reject what's that so, premise? What's so wrong with it? Yeah, Gavin Newsom didn't see this. Didn't seem to believe there was anything wrong with no, it. Gavin Newsom said it's true because right. it's true. true. Right. <laughs> now, what do you have to say in response to the president's opponent in the primary? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It is just. It, it, it's just pathetic. Here's another question asked to, to Jake Sullivan quickly here. All right, here we go. Mm. All right. And so when uh, the president says that hospitals must be protected, um, what does the president, what does the United States want to see done with Al-Shifa Hospital in particular and the Hamas facilities that you now point to open source intelligence saying why under it? Well, your question points up the complexity of this conflict and the added burden that Israel is facing as it goes against murderous terrorists who continue to say their goal is the absolute destruction of the state of Israel. Right. So the question was, how can Biden say that Israel must make sure that hospitals are protected when there are Hamas terrorists stationed underground directly below? And firing out of windows, hospital windows, yesterday Mm -hmm. that video came out. Mm -hmm. So how is Israel supposed to protect hospitals? Right. But your boss said it. Right. How are they supposed to do that? If you're admitting that's what's going on. Wow. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah, that, that job must be the worst job on the planet. Except for Kareem Jean-Pierre's job. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 
In Trudeau Radio, he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Uh, welcome. Airlines predict record Thanksgiving U.S. holiday travel. I guess June 30th of this year was the busiest time at the airport. Hmm. I think it was 2.8 million people traveled on that day. They're expecting, what, 30 million Thanksgiving week? Uh, 29.9 million between November 17th and the 27th, an all-time high. Up 9% over that period of uh, last year. All right. Well, good luck with that. (laughs) I'll be flying in there. (laughs) <laughs> Have you checked the weather yet? I mean, are we close enough to get to the um, yeah so long term f- forecast for Buffalo and yeah? So far, the weather's fine for me. Uh, now, did you fly through this time of year? You kind of change your route, don't you? What are you no? Nope. Direct taking direct flight in. All right, D- direct nonstop. I always say direct, and people go, "No, it's nonstop." Well, if it's direct, mm-hmm. I assume that means nonstop. Yeah, I mean, it's direct. It's I, if it's if it's direct. Uh, and it's a stop that's going to be pretty interesting at 35,000 feet. Hover. <laughs> now, um, now, the only thing is... Now, coming they, home, they, they, is, they, it, is it direct? Yes, it's okay. direct both ways. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and, and I made sure I did that because I just don't like... I don't, I, just, I don't want to go into Chicago on a holiday weekend. And Charlotte's a madhouse. Everything's a madhouse if you got to connect. Yeah, yeah. And one yeah. of the hubs, I'd rather just get in. Now, the one thing I am doing, which could get me into trouble, is next Tuesday is when I'm leaving. Because Tuesday morning will be the last time we're on the air. Mm-hmm. And normally, if you remember, in the past, remember, you've actually been very gracious and, and let me out mm-hmm. at like a couple hours early. Like I'll leave at 3 a.m. to catch the 5 a.m. flight. Yeah. In order to get in there at right. 11, 8, 11 or 12 o'clock. I've been gracious because you threatened to tell the audience about that thing I did. Well, yeah, that's okay, right. though. It's, uh, it but, was, you know. It was okay. I mean, it was just, uh, it, was, it was. I'm getting old now. They might as well know. It, it's, it's not considered porn by today's standards. No. Uh, these... <laughs> well, I had my clothes on. <laughs> and there was nobody so, else around and. But I was actually fishing. But so, now, what? But now the but now the connection is so close. Thirty minutes. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So I'm taking the direct flight in. I think I leave. It doesn't leave for like seven thirty Tuesday night. It's in eleven thirty in Buffalo, and I always always a little weary about the the last flight of the day in a holiday weekend. Oh yeah. You know. But I just said, what the heck with it. I'm going to do it. Now I saw a long term forecast, one long term forecast that showed. That the upper tier is actually going to have warmer than normal. And that's going to be the case going into Thanksgiving week. And the meteorologist that was on that forecast made it sound like that was going to be the case for that week. That essentially uh, into that Thanksgiving weekend. I haven't double checked that myself because I'm not traveling up there, but it's... uh, you know, typically this is when the upper tier starts to get quite a bit of that winter weather. Do you they, see? By the way, they, they already had they already had snow one day. When when right. I when I fly in, uh, when when I fly in, it will uh, there it will be. Let me see, uh, forty seven thirty nine. Yeah, which right. is a which is I'm normal. I yeah, mean, that's okay. not, that's not 
And then uh, uh, Wednesday next week, 43-32. Thanksgiving, 39-32. Friday, 42-32. No chance of real any big storm coming in. And here it's going to be fine. Did you see where they uh, changed the standards for the winter storm warning? So like in our neck of the woods, there would have to be a prediction of three inches of snow or more for it to be a winter storm warning. Before, wow. Here? Yeah, before it was a trace. If anyone spills ice at Sonic Drive-In, we're closing schools. Um, Is that just going to be here? Or you I don't nationwide? know. What the, I don't know. It's nationwide, but it's every zone is different. Yeah, because like we share a zone that goes all the way through uh, Tennessee, and and so you know this is it's and it, and it it basically is a it's a strip. So the further north you go, the higher it would be. Down on the coast of oh, Texas, okay. a winter storm warning now, <laughs> and I laughed at this one inch of snow because oh, okay. they never get any. Right, because because uh, three inches would be a dusting in Buffalo. So. Yeah, and in in the past, in a heavy El Nino season in the winter, it's wet and cooler. Not necessarily more snow, but wet and cooler where we are. And they said that may kick in after you know toward the end of December, and go on for a, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in there quickly. I'm in Tuesday night, back Friday morning. Yeah. So I'm there Wednesday and Thursday, then I'm back Friday morning by 9. Yeah. Is when it gets in. So, no, I just prefer the direct flight. It's just, you know, even if it's a little later on in the afternoon. Most I'm, of the time I've seen the flights have gotten in, so I don't care. I'm traveling the, by car. I'm the, not going to be the I'm rental only car, going a couple hours. The rental car place stays, stays open, so... Mm-hmm. It's a holiday weekend, even if the rental car place was closed, but they stay open like uh, two hours past the last flight that comes in. So, mm-hmm. and uh, so that, and there's not a lot of people actually renting a vehicle has been a nightmare this year. Not renting it, but um, actually picking up the vehicle. Yeah, and I have like. Uh, on Avis, I'm like preferred presidential dictator status. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I mostly take budget Then I'm like fast break, uh, president dictator status. Mm -hmm. And it still takes 40 minutes to get in. Remember it used to be, you show your license. What? If you get to the status, you show your license, they give you your keys and you go. Yeah. No way. You, now you got to present a credit card and they got to go through everything. They're not ready at all. It's been a nightmare. Mm. Right? And I think it's because they don't have the staff. I mean, it's just. Yeah, because they have to prep those packages on like fast break, which is what I'm on. And they have to prep those packages ahead of time. But if you're understaffed, you can't yep. do that. Yep. And so they have to do everything there. And then there's a line when you get there. The only thing is the line upstairs, not at the kiosk. The last time I was there had to be three, four hours long. Yeah. They had like two people and they had 50 people in line. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, that was. uh, Yeah, that was that would have been about uh, in in October. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be done. I was like, okay, it's not going to be as bad. 
Now, the thing is, those flights I was getting in about 4 or 5 in the afternoon. Right. Now, when I start taking the later flight, you get in 11, 11.30. There's a lot less people flying, so you can get through mm-hmm. quicker. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, you know me. I mean, I, I like going back to see. Dad's doing great, by the way. I talked to him yesterday, and, you know, he's had the pacemaker in for, what, five weeks now? Yeah. He's doing really good. Good. You know, I really, I, you know, you think about it, that uh, over the last year, I, he was slowing down a little bit. And you just figure it's just generally old age, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and I mean physically. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to see him after he, last time I saw him, he had the pacemaker in for maybe a week. And I could tell his movements were quicker. But I mean, his pulse went from like they 40, they set it to 80. Oh, wow. So that's like double the blood gain. So wow. here you're All getting, right. you're getting more oxygen and everything. And so yeah. he's just moving yeah. quicker. And just talking to him this week, he's just, I mean, I'm like, wow. Yeah. What a, what a difference a, a heart makes. Sure. <laughs> and uh, you, could, you know, can just tell he's just more energetic, more aware. Mm-hmm. Well, he's always been aware, but you could just sense a little bit of a, of a slowdown. Mm-hmm. Not, not the kind of dementia slowdown, just the kind of tired and exhausting kind of, kind mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. slowing down. So mm-hmm. he's doing great. So it's going to be great to, uh, to uh, see him. Uh, did they say how many people are going to be driving? I mean, did they say the total number? I didn't see that. And and typically that comes from uh, AAA. Uh, haven't seen that yet, but it should be coming out soon. Any predictions for the Christmas selling season? Uh, for the shopping season, how yeah. much people will spend? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Did, I always have to go through it and then say, okay, are they accounting for inflation or not? But what the demand has been this year for big ticket items, and we're seeing this with trucking right now. The trucking industry is in a real recession. And we're not seeing those big ticket items ship like like people would typically buy them. And, of course, fourth quarters when people if you can't afford it or if you're not going to buy it another time of year you're going to buy it in the fourth quarter and that's my question too on that what's the demand going to be on those big ticket items okay i'm reading here cnbc did something november 2nd holiday shoppers are expected to spend more this year but their eagerness for value and hunger for deals is likely to push that growth to pre-pandemic levels according to the national retail federation even as inflation cools, by the way, inflation is not cooling. The inflation rate is is has cooled a little bit. Uh, many gift giving items and food costs more because uh, inflation's not cooling. Why do they say inflation's cooling? It's not. It's the inflation rate. There's a there is a difference. Do do the people do the writers Melissa Repko here from CNBC? Do they even know the difference, or do the editors know the difference? When they I don't look think at they do. Like Actually, this? I don't think they do. I think a lot of them don't. And it's very important that you use the proper words here when you're talking about that because it makes it sound like prices are coming down. By the way, AAA did put their their um, their prediction out yesterday as well, and it's fifty five over fifty five million, and that's up two point three percent over last year.
traveling by road. The uh, National Retail Federation says expects sales in November and December to rise 3 to 4% year over year. Okay, is that more stuff or inflation? Over the past decade, holiday sales have grown roughly 5% year over year on average. Uh, they spiked during the COVID pandemic with sales surging by 9.3% in 2020, 13.5% in 2021. And as they point out here, I mean, the, the so-called experts believe that that uh, uh, people are willing to spend money and even use their credit card to record levels because they have job security. Mm-hmm. Everything may be coming down on them, but they're willing to pay month to month and pay the interest on it. Well, and, th- and now there's going to be pressure on, in, well, there isn't, it's not just starting right now, but there is a growing pressure on employers now to pay more. And why is that? Well, because people are paying more. Look, I've got to, if you want to keep me here, you're going to have to pay me more. And employers can't afford that revolving door. It takes thousands, it costs thousands and thousands of dollars to retrain a new employee on the average. And you don't want that. You don't want that situation. You want somebody who's happy. You want morale to be higher. And so there's a push for greater pay. Well, the problem with that is that adds to inflation. That is the employer-based, labor-based inflation. I'm reading this here because this is how they this is how they write it. As inflation cools, many gift giving uh, many gift giving items and food costs more. As of September, inflation is up 3.7 percent compared with a year ago. How well, it should be written is even as the inflation rate cools, but it hasn't cooled the last couple of months, hasn't it been? Even core inflation hasn't right. No. Even as inflation rate cools, as they, it as should they, be. Yeah, exactly. And, and prices are still going up. That should be pointed out. Right. And they and so she's repeating it in the article here. Right. It's like, does she know the difference between inflation and inflation rate? If so, you probably shouldn't be working at CNBC. Yeah. Right. I mean, they are a financial network. You should have basic financial terms down. I would think. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know how I know the holidays are right around the corner? Mm-hmm. And I say the, the holidays. Calendar? I'm not calling Christmas a holiday. I'm calling it Thanksgiving, Christmas, ah. Hanukkah. The, as a group. As a group. Right. As a collective. Right. I, is, not, it, is it the calendar? I'm is not, that what tells you that? No. Oh. No. I've already received uh, emails from listeners. Is this the guillotine that you got? Yeah. And I'm telling you, our listeners have long memories. Saw a YouTuber... <laughs> Made a real guillotine. It's a real one. No way. Yeah. Like a, I mean, a yeah. full size, not it's a model, a, no. but a full size. It's a full size guillotine. And, you know, they used watermelons and then said, okay, let's test it. Will it cut this piece of wood and things like that? You know, and I thought, oh, man, they're just begging for a visit to the emergency room here. <laughs> <I know. laughs> This is Red Eye Radio 
on Westwood. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the entire world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being here, as always. Couple of stories here. Yep. <laughs> Democrats would reportedly advise President Joe Biden to heave so called, quote, Bidenomics <laughs> into the dumpster after polling shows that 14% of voters say Biden has made them better off. You know, the, and this is the, this is the incredible, but you, unique thing that we had predicted with inflation. Mm. And if you've been a long time listener to the show, you know we said this when inflation started hitting. We said they better get it out of they better get this under control because inflation is worse than any type of recession. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not a depression, but a recession. Because right. even if you have ten percent unemployment, that means ninety percent of the people who want work are working. And, and typically a recession will end. And and, and a recession will end and more likely because of supply and demand, you'll have lower prices. Right. And and so people look and they go, okay, but I'm going to get a job. I'm looking for a job. I'm searching for a job, whatever. And and most unemployment is, well, everything is temporary. <laughs> yeah, well. Most unemployment is temporary. <laughs> life is temporary. Life, exactly. <laughs> life is temporary. You know, I, I heard that a lot yesterday. And yeah. I, I don't know, maybe just because I'm getting older and, and closer to that time, as each of us all are but i heard it more than i don't know why maybe it was maybe it was the videos i was watching from that leadership conference in uh, in great britain that jordan peterson put on maybe that's where i heard it the most but it was like you know none of us get out of here alive Mm -hmm. i know that that's funny that i said that and they also said that but i mean that's basically it's a common thought we we, we're not going to get off this planet without leaving a mark and the the but but here's where the left goes crazy Aha! So you admit we're doing damage. I proudly admit we're using the resources that it's okay to use. Because, you know, this is, that's the whole thing is that, and and <laughs> I heard somebody say, well, you know, and the, the, the older you get, the, the grumpier you get. That's because you've seen more crap. You've seen Idiots all of your life think that they've got it right, and every new generation comes in and go, "Oh, we're going to do it better." Y'all, everybody else, y'all, y'all just move out of the way. We're going to do it better, and we've seen that. You and I have seen that over the years. Um, it seems like we've been working together for sixty years, eighteen and a half years together almost. And you look at the, you know, they well, we'll do single payer health care better. Because, you know, because we're the United States. By the way, as a liberal, you can't say that anymore because you're saying we're better than other nations. And as a liberal, you can't say that anymore. Um, But we used to get those calls. And it used to be that, you know, and and every generation goes through that. But now, you know, we all of us seasoned humans... (laughs) 
Wait a minute. That sounds like a cookbook. Um, it, it, all of us um, experienced humans look back on it, and we it, and we see it for what it is. It's this ignorance is bliss attitude of walking in saying, oh, no, we can do this and we can do that and we can get by and wind and solar and blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah. And the fact of the matter is, is that we're we're not it's not going to work. It's it is weird. I thought about this again yesterday. You and I have been talking about this, how the EV industry thing really came to the surface. I mean, over a few weeks Really, since our vacation in October, you pointed out yesterday, and now the wind industry. This is a you know second major story that came out over the last few weeks of how the wind farms you know are just suffering right now. The uh, you know they because the fact of the matter is there's no more government money that they can pump into it for now. They can't get by. They're having to go through now this. Um, renewal of the equipment and the wind on, on, on the wind farms, uh, EVs are aging out. They can't sell the used EVs that are at five years old. And all of this is coming to fruition. All of it is happening the way it was always going to happen. Uh, you know, we, you just made me laugh because when, when people will write, to us and say, wow, you guys have so much knowledge. You're so smart. No, we're no, not. We've just been you, around. You know, we've been around so damn long yeah. where we just have a bigger file system. Yeah. That's and, we're, it. and we're able to pull from that file in our brain. Yeah. It's just because we've seen so much, we're no more intelligent or no more dumb than the next person. Right. Because the average person, if they actually put their mind to it, is pretty smart. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, but th- that's... I started laughing because it, that's so true. And you become, as you get older, I think one of the reasons you become irritated is because you've seen the same failures over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And then some person who is new to the arena of politics comes in and says, you guys don't know what you're talking about because this is what works. And it's something that you've gone over a million times right. that you know doesn't work. And it's like... God, do I got to go through this again? Man, yeah. this is just so frustrating. Well, I got to do this again. Well, because God. it would be, you know, it, it, there's always that question. Well, if you had to do it all over again, would you would you change anything? And my answer has always been, well, no, because I'm I like where I am today. I wouldn't change anything at all. At some point, made a contribution to getting me here, but but it is that you know there is that. Every older generation tries to teach younger people, this is what we did wrong, and this is what you can do better. This is where I can show you a little bit of a shortcut. I don't want them to not fall off the horse. Falling off the horse leads to pain. Pain leads to improvement. You know, I like when we first started talking about the whole, you know, the the gender wokeness. And everything yeah, else. Right. Well, you guys don't understand. You don't understand the new definition. You don't understand. Uh-huh. You don't understand that that sex is in gender. You don't understand. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Nothing yeah. has changed there at all. Nothing. Don't make stuff up as you go along. Right. And pretend, well, because you guys are 
because you because you guys are old men, mm-hmm. you don't understand the new ways of thinking. Yeah, horse hockey, as Colonel Potter used to say on Mash. Well, I <laughs> saw a clip of of Ronald Reagan the other day. They're, 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 for some reason, been floating up to the surface in the algorithm on my YouTube account, and they they're great. And he said, "You know, you know, I was talking to a young person, and and we're talking." Uh, uh, now in an we're in an age now where computers can can calculate things i mean we weren't this wasn't the internet age yet yeah but computers can calculate things that it would have taken years for a man to do and all of these things and someone asked me you know i guess you must be frustrated because we have all that technology that we can use and y'all didn't have that and he goes well Actually, we invented it, and the whole room is just you know just starts laughing, and it's this realization of and that and that's the whole thing. When you have someone uh, of a younger generation that's before you, and you're having a conversation, there is a very big difference between those individuals who are willing to listen and learn. And it could be, you know, sometimes because they just fell off the horse and they're like, I don't know, what should I do? They come to you for advice. They're actually there to listen. And when that happens, it's it's great. I don't, again, I don't pretend to know everything. I can just tell you what I experienced. And based on my experience, here's your options. And when we look at, you know, this insanity, because it is generational politically. Politically, we've gone through this. You know, I bring up uh, single payer because it's something we've revisited over and over and over and over again. And then remember, when when Obama was first elected, you couldn't say the word socialist because it was a derogatory term because he was a black president. And they said, no, you can't use that word. And then all of a sudden... Bernie Sanders starts running for president, and everybody's going, well, yeah, of course we're socialists. Yeah, because remember, socialism was the new N-word. The new N-word. Because it yeah. was targeted at, well, but that was the that was the way, that was simply the way, I mean, we've been there, done this before, that was simply to to make an assumption about people using a word. Look, that's, I look at that and I go, that's, that's basically... <laughs> the beginning of critical race theory mm-hmm. that if you use a particular economic word it becomes racial right. to the people who wish it to be racial because they really don't wish to have a discussion on right, it right they really don't want to have the tough discussion so socialism became the new n-word which what are you talking about socialism is an economic system either you believe in it or not doesn't matter your skin color no you're using it because you're a racist ah i see now you have no argument Right. And it's it's that simple. We've you know, we're not we may be getting older, but we're not dumber. Right. We may not be smarter, but we're not dumber. Right. And and so that was, you know, that's part of it. But I like I said, there's a there's a ton of young people out there, too, that are doing just a, a great job. And I know people, younger people that are just absolutely just kicking butt in business today. And I tell anybody who is young and this is the whole quiet quitting thing. And I saw another article on it with more justification of it. Well, don't you understand what choir quitting? If if you, this isn't about them, mm. everything in life is a, should be about you. 
mm-hmm. and you advancing and you becoming better and you becoming more productive. I never cared. Once I got the job, I didn't care what I was being paid. I just wanted to to become very proficient at whatever I was doing because I never knew what it would lead after that. So I didn't like sitting around and doing nothing. That always, if I didn't have anything to do, I always asked. I asked to the point where I remember when I worked at the, when I first got hired as a machinist at one company, a great big steel mill. And I got hired because my brother was a good machinist, a legacy hire. Mm-hmm. You know, they did that back then. They hired me. They said, and, and they didn't, not because it was family, but machining ran in families and machining ran in my family. All my family was machinists. My mm-hmm. uncles, every, my grandfather had a machine shop in his backyard. So it was like, you're good, so we want you aboard. Well, they didn't have any work for me. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, they had me sweeping. Mm-hmm. I remember sweeping one day, and I'm so bored out of my mind. I remember uh, asking my boss, is there anything else for me to do? He goes, look, we're going to find you something. But you swept the whole place. Go find yourself a place to sleep. And I remember, why? But their point was, we're going to use you eventually, and so we'd rather have you on board now. Almost, I was almost like on the practice squad <laughs> in in industry. But they didn't do it just because I was the brother of somebody. They just realized, your brother's a good machinist. You'll be a good machinist. Duh, it runs right. in the family. Right. And it's true. I mean, it's just not that it had anything to do with family. It's that we were all trained and, uh, you know, as machinists. And so, you know, that's that's how it worked out uh, there. But I always, like, the quiet quitting never will never make sense to me. And I tell any young person out there, don't pay attention to any of that. Because it's about you and you being proficient. And if you're going to use quiet quitting as a justification to be lazy, yeah, it's only going to hurt you. Well, because to me, idle time, idle time is really where is is what corrupts the mind and 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 i don't mean makes someone corrupt i mean you just kind of erode all of your skills are just kind of sitting there and all of a sudden you're you know you're just not productive at all you don't feel productive they're actually they can actually measure it now they can measure the chemistry in the brain after completing a task and it's real and you can actually see it with, with guys. Like, after we wash our car, we'll, we get to the door, we'll turn around, and we'll look at it three times. Same thing with mowing our lawn. We'll, we'll go get cleaned up after mowing the lawn so we can go back outside and look at the lawn we just mowed. Now, it's a self-propelled lawnmower, but we're taking full credit. Well. For me, it was my mom before they had electric edgers. Yeah. And you that was tough to edge your lawn. You got mm-hmm. that thick Kentucky bluegrass mm-hmm. up north. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there you are. And my mother would come by almost. I, we swore she had, a uh, you know, basically a, a uh, what do you call it, a, a microscope or whatever mm-hmm. to make sure there wasn't one blade of grass over the, the sidewalk, mm-hmm. that it was a perfect cut all the way through. Uh, this isn't good enough. Redo that. Well, now, you know, everything's electric or gas, whatever. Mm-hmm. I do the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. I go by looking and going, okay, so, okay gotta make, let me go make sure I get that. For no reason. It doesn't matter. No hill of beans. It's just you learn to do a job right, and you learn to make it perfect because I got it from my parents. Well, I actually <laughs> have pictures of my lawn that show an evolution, and, and I have notes as to what I was 
feeding my lawn and everything. And, and it's and it's like, you know, it's kind of a hobby, but it's also that thing where, okay, this is something my simple mind can accomplish. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go back outside and look at it three I times. A, I took a picture of a corner yeah. where the grass met, and it was, like, perfect. I went, that's right. perfect. i got to get a picture of that. Right. And my mom was still alive back then. I took the picture. I sent it to my mom saying, see how I edge this? Right. And, of course, yeah. her response was, come on, I was never that bad. Right. It's like, yeah. well, my memory sort of remembers you uh, being a stickler for edging. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and by the way, you know, they say cleanliness is next to godliness. When you when – you, get a good cleaning project going and you finish yeah it's actually that chemistry in your brain what you accomplished that you know is also positive for you yeah. your environment is clean mm-hmm. and you feel good about it but you did something you accomplished something quiet quitting is and will always be foreign to me Eight six six ninety red eye brought to you by hot shot secret hi i'm jen loomis a transport safety expert at jj keller And I'm here to share a tip on Compliance Safety Accountability. Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, is the FMCSA Safety Compliance and Enforcement Program. Its goal is to hold motor carriers and drivers accountable for highway safety and to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roads. CSA does this by assessing the safety performance of motor carriers and drivers based on data collected during roadside inspections, crash reports, and FMCSA investigations. Based on the data that is compiled, motor carriers are assigned a score. The carrier is then grouped with other carriers who have had a similar number of safety events. Carrier scores within the group are then ranked to determine intervention priority. Low scores are better, so carriers with the highest scores are those that are most likely to be targeted for intervention by the FMCSA. Interventions range in severity and may include warning letters, roadside, off-site, or on-site inspections, civil penalties, or operation out-of-service orders. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. We started out the conversation and didn't complete it because we we got into a few other things. Oh yeah, uh, Bidenomics. Bidenomics. <laughs> Democrats would now. The reason we bring this up is number one because it's it it, it is pertinent uh, in the upcoming election, mm. but it's something we said day one when he came out with it. We said wrong move. Yep, he's going to get burned by using Bidenomics because inflation. And as we pointed out before. And we did when inflation started. We said inflation is going to be worse than any type of unemployment or recession mm-hmm. because it it affects everyone, including everybody who has a job. Yeah. In fact, if you have two jobs, it still affects you. But we'll get to that story plus some of the polling, latest polling that's out and more. 866-90-RED-EYE.
giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Yes, yeah, so we were talking about uh, President Biden using the term Bidenomics, and we've talked about it the last couple of weeks when you've had more uh, Democrats come out and say that we shouldn't be using that term. It's a negative, and we said it would be a negative because uh, he kept talking about more jobs. We mm. said there's enough jobs. Mm-hmm. It's not the problem. We don't have the work. We don't have the growing workforce anymore. So that has right, since right. COVID, that hasn't been a, a problem at all. Right. So when you say I'm going to you know get more jobs, well, there aren't people that are looking for jobs that are saying, okay, I've been out of a job for a long time. This president changed the economy and turned it around. Mm-hmm. What you have is people that are working one, and now I think it's a record now. Uh, eight point six million people, I think, at least have two jobs. Right, and uh, we were, I think that I saw that statistic. I believe it was yesterday or the day, uh, day before. But inflation is just a killer because it affects everybody mm-hmm. across the board, and it's damaging. It's very damaging to the poor and the middle class, but it's still damaging, extremely damaging to the upper middle class. Yeah. And so the vast majority of people are affected by it. Democrats would reportedly advise Joe Biden to heave the so-called Bidenomics into the dumpster after polling shows just 14 percent of voters say Biden has made them better off, which mm-hmm. means what? They've got jobs. Mm-hmm. Why aren't why aren't they better off? Inflation. What they cost- don't have the same spending power. Right. And and that's the problem. And. Everything is pointing to, uh, and 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 this is the problem too. Everything is pointing more and more to a recession in twenty four. If that is the mm-hmm. case, and people fear for their jobs, watch that sentiment change. Yep. Uh, and so uh, they're upset because their lives are not better. Only fourteen percent say Biden has made their lives better. They all work in D.C. Uh, and. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, inflation and inflation is caused by what? Government policy yep. that the majority of voters voted for. Right. The reported unsolicited advice signals infighting among Democrats and the president's uphill battle to convince voters he deserves reelection. Quote, perhaps the most overwhelming economic messaging advice I picked up from Democrats was for him to leave Bidenomics in the dumpster. End of quote. Political's Jonathan Martin wrote Monday after interviewing dozens of Democrats and never-Trump Republicans. The White House defines Bidenomics with three pillars intended to cure long-standing challenges that held America back, including rising inequality, disinvestment from communities across the country. So here's what Bidenomics is. Are you ready? Right. Make Making smart public investments in America. What does that mean? Spending. More spending. What kind of see inflation we see today? Spending. Right. Uh, so making smart public investments. So subsidizing wind and solar. Is that a smart public investment? No. No, it's, it's a dumb public investment. EVs. Is that a smart public investment? No. No, it's a dumb public investment. Empowering and educating workers to grow the middle class. I don't know what empowering means. I don't know how the government empowers you. I'd like to please. I don't know. Because they're not talking about legally allowing you. Right. 
But educating workers to grow the middle class, there has probably not never been a bigger disconnect of the jobs available and the people that are qualified to take them in modern American history. Maybe American history. Yeah. yeah. Prom- promoting competition to lower cost and help entrepreneurs and small businesses thrive. Well, the problem is, number one, making p- smart public investments is hurting number two, promoting competition to lower cost and help entrepreneurs and small businesses thrive. These people, I'm telling you, Eric, we're dealing with we're dealing with grammar school economists. Well, is what we're dealing with here. We know how to take the money and we know how to make an economy run great. Give us your tax dollars and we'll make an economy better. The American public are suckers for buying that bull. Well, I know I feel like I could go out and 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 put economists by my name and make my make myself available to the media. It's not just government economists because you and I have been reading through that garbage for the longest time. But now it's it's also private sector economists. And here's their forecast. Blah, 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 blah. So therefore, I believe the following will happen. Blah, 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 Q4, blah, 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 24, blah, 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 Federal Reserve, blah, 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 rates, blah, 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 Central Bank, blah, 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 public investment, blah, 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 physical, Fiscal versus monetary policy, blah, 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 back to you. And I hope uh, that uh, a friend of our shows, our financial uh, analyst friend, Richard, is listening to Eric's analysis there. Exactly. And will comment later on social media on the accuracy of what Eric just said. Well, that's it, because Richard can break it down. You and I have witnessed him do that. But too many economists right now where they quote them in the media or they're sitting up there on the desk at CNBC are sitting up there going, well, blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And and what it sounds like is exactly what the government economists are saying. Empowering? What what do you mean empowering? Yeah, empowering. Do do you mean change regulations where you're going to force industry to do something here or do you mean, I mean, because when you say empower and you're the federal government, I really, really, really would like to know more details on that. How do you, how has this administration, how has Bidenomics promoted competition to lower cost and help entrepreneurs and small businesses thrive? I'm not asking that as nope. a... Um, as a part, as a partisan hack that I am, I'm asking it as a serious question. Well, no, but, how, but remember, how is how, how is Bidenomics promoting competition to lower cost and help entrepreneurs? Because to promote competition, that would, means the government's out of it. That means because you that can't tells com- me you're you, you're you're engaging in deregulation. Yeah, is that the case? No, no, it isn't. Well, and then uh, Politico's Jonathan Martin wrote, attempting to make voters believe something they don't is folly. Attaching your name to that strategy. Oh, yeah. Right. Borders on masochistic, Martin wrote of Biden's economic moniker. Oh, my gosh. At a time when people are paying more for housing, gas, and groceries, focusing on job growth and unemployment rate is ineffective 
when you're not going to have a ton of job growth and your unemployment rate is going to remain low because you don't have the labor force. Right. And we said this from the very beginning. We, hey, any Democrat out there, don't say that we only criticize. We tried to help the president when he came up with the term Bidenomics. As soon as we heard it, we said, wrong political move. It's going to come back and haunt him. It's going to hurt him. Why? Inflation. And to focus on job growth was just ridiculous because we don't have the labor to fit the jobs we already have. And there's a huge disconnect between the jobs that are available and the people that are qualified to actually do those jobs. And now more of those people that did come here to work are going back to their country of origin. (laughs) (laughs) They want no part of it. I mean, well, that's that's the one thing. When that story came out today, and I think that the media is exaggerating a little bit because mm. they only picked out a few cases of these people wanting to go back. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think. Have you seen a slowdown at the border? <laughs> no. No, I haven't seen a slowdown at the border. No. But the 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 humorous thing of that, as we brought up in the beginning of the show, was the the story saying the illegal immigrants and migrants that have come here don't want to come here. That America is no longer. Uh, the American dream is dead. It's no longer there. And I went, we both went, wow, Biden succeeded in in solving the illegal immigration problem mm-hmm. by destroying the United States. So destroying the United States by by destroying our economic energy and national security, our economic security, our uh, our uh, uh, energy security and our national security, we'd become a third world country. That the illegal immigrants and migrants don't want to deal with. They want to go somewhere else. Well, they want to go back to, you know, hey, I, I want to go back to my my country of origin, Venezuela, where we go after our own oil <laughs> and sell it to the U.S. Oh, God. Uh, at, at least our leadership in Venezuela is not telling us to go learn to code. A survey recently found that the president's Bidenomics policies are not working for even a quarter of Americans, according to a poll by Financial Times, University of Michigan's Ross School of Business. The poll is the latest negative poll for the president. 14% of voters say they are better off financially now than when Joe Biden took office. Uh, Only 24% of Democrats say they are better off financially under Biden per the new Financial Times poll. Now, remember, the reason, because this this is the disconnect of the public, Mm -hmm. the reason that inflation is so great, the reason that you are paying more for housing, gas, groceries, Mm -hmm. and more is because of inflation. As the late Milton Friedman said, any time you see inflation for any significant time, a year or two, it's all government policy. Yep. And it is all government policy. Yep. It is. We were warned it was going to happen by Obama economists. Yeah. And so the spending is what's causing this. And what does the government wish to do? What do the Democrats wish to do? Spend a hell of a lot more. Look at this right now. They're cheering the fact that they've backed Republicans into a corner of having to produce a continuing resolution budget that has no cuts at all and hopefully new spending.
politically, they're winning. Yeah. And so we all know what the problem is. The public recognizes what the problem is. But if anybody on the Republican side wishes to solve that problem by telling you the truth, can't do it because you won't get elected. That's where we stand. Yeah. Cut spending. Go ahead and say that. And then you and Mitt Romney and Liz Cheney can go hang out. Yet we all know what's causing it. Yep. The public knows inflation is causing it, yep. and the public knows where inflation comes from. I'm, I'm telling you right now, if I had, had met my deductible for the year already, I'd bang my head against the wall. Had to wait until January. It's too expensive. Can't I can't sustain the injury and pay for it. It's just maddening, and yet we keep asking for more. We keep voting that way. They're still winning elections. Say that out loud. That's insane. That is insane. They're still winning. And for the Democrats who don't want Brandon to run again, nope, they point to last Tuesday and say, oh, we're in it to win it. No, no, that got dropped real quick. Well, they still a couple of them were still saying it over the weekend. Yeah, it's dropped now. You don't see much of but that. They're, but he's media. not going anywhere. Well, you're going the to point. get the, you're going to get the delusional people to say that. But and, and you see that you see how you see how scared they are. And it's not the polls that we're seeing; it's the internal polls that, that are scaring the, the daylights. That's my whole point. But he's not going anywhere. No, he's not for the rank and file who don't mm-hmm. want him to run. He's your guy. And he believes they can win elections. He believes he can win next year. And at the very least, he's going to be president until January 20th of 2025. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. I've only got a few seconds left, so we don't have time to take a call. But the uh, listener brought up uh, that uh, that uh, uh, empowering the middle class is is uh, or empowering the the uh, the individual is unions unionizing. Sure, I, it, it, that's it, that's what he believes is empowering it, the individuals. It, the it can be that. It can also be regulation. With, it can be you know regulation, basically forcing industry to do something. You know, yeah, in, but it does the opposite. Of, agenda. You, of course, you, it does. Yeah, as, as you know, there's a reason that the private sector unions have gone down the tubes. And just make sure you're not in a manufacturing union, because Biden wants to kill all manufacturing unions. Mm-hmm. Doesn't care about. Yeah, you know, it doesn't care about. You know, it, it, as you've seen with the automobile companies, as uh, what's his name said the uh, the Obama the Obama uh, economist. Who mm-hmm. said this looks like the end game? Yeah, Lawrence Summers. Lawrence Summers saying yep. they 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 want to get whatever they can get, yep. and they can blackmail the companies. But the companies are begging, you know, because what the unions are basically doing is saying, "You guys are getting subsidies. We want subsidies from the federal government too." That's not how you empower workers by subsidizing industries and subsidizing unions. Whether it's, it's not going to work, whether right. it's regulation or spending. The cost of government is adding up more and more and more, and we are headed to a cliff event one way or the other.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Do we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.